This is the Data Privacy Detective. And today we're going to talk about cryptography and other things and how that affects uh, our privacy. And we, we couldn't have a better person to talk with us than Dan Draper. Now, Dan, you're the CEO and founder of Cypherstash. And uh, that's a data storage platform for sensitive data. Thank you for joining us, Dan. Great to be here. Thanks for having me. Now, your platform uses searchable encryption technology to protect against attacks uh, that can leak uh, a snapshot of an entire running system. And your work enables development teams to search data with, with really good levels of protection without compromising on, on usability, which is an interesting balance. Thank you for talking. How does this relate to privacy? And your background... Uh, is in cryptography engineering. And the goal of that would be really, uh, your goal is to equip uh, developers with skills needed uh, to create safe applications. Is that a fair summary of what you do? Right, exactly. I think um, it's it's worth maybe framing before we get into the, the technology and, and potential solutions to it. I think it's yeah. worth framing why this is such an important thing to be, to be thinking about, to be talking about. Um, there was a, a report from Forbes uh, last year that said uh, in the last three years, something like 50% of US companies will suffer a data breach. You look at another report by an organization called Mine, M-I-N-E, they track uh, how many organizations an individual gives their data to. When I learned about this report, I was just floored. Uh, something like, in, in my personal case, uh, I give my personal data to something like uh, 2,000 different organizations. Those are you the ones the you know of. Those They're are the, the ones you know of. Precisely. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So so you multiply those two numbers out and you get 50% of 2,000, something like 1,000 companies who uh, you know, are the custodians of my data may have a data breach in the next three years. Yeah, and um, you have data brokers and uh, it, it's a problem, isn't it? And this has right. to do with our, our privacy, especially our are sensitive information because that's what more of the bad actors are probably looking for. Do I have it right? Exactly, yes. But there's another level or another element to this that maybe we don't think about or don't talk about enough. So I, I think in the in the media and in the popular culture, we always think about attackers. We think about nation states, um, Russia or, or Iran or, or what have you. But there's a much less sinister but far more common problem that lead to privacy issues that leads to privacy issues or potential data breaches and that's quite simply the people that are doing the best they can working within the organizations that you give your data to but maybe make mistakes or once in a while they they take a, a little sneaky sneaky peek at something they shouldn't have a look at um, or they download some customer data onto a laptop and they leave that their laptop on the bus or they they're looking at sensitive records in their browser and uh, they get some malware from uh, a crypto trading site that they've been looking at and all of a sudden personal data that they had no intention of of giving away has now been uh, leaked onto the dark web um, or they're using their pc in a public space and they go off and leave their cappuccino and their computer running and they go to the loo or the bathroom whichever right. form of english one speaks <laughs> and all of a sudden data hack data problem yeah 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 exactly exactly so so well, what is cryptography how, how does it how does cryptography enter into this right so so we look at the access and control mechanisms that that organizations can place on on data and so that is um let me use a, a developer example so in many organizations around the world um 
a developer or a development team might have access to the data infrastructure that, that is used to power a product. So I'm, I'm going to make up a company. Let's call it Acme. Acme is a healthcare company. They have millions of patient records in their databases. The developer team um, has access to those databases because they need to maintain the systems. They need to, to do all the kinds of things that developers do with databases, set up backups and replication and scaling and what have you. Right? I won't go into technical details, but it's a full-time job to do that. Now, the issue is the de developers need access to the database, but they don't need access to the data. And that's a, that's a critical uh, and subtle point. Um, with encryption, we can encrypt all the data that lives in the database. And so if a, if a developer gets access to the, to the actual system, which is part of doing their job, they can do the things that they need to do to the infrastructure, but not actually see the data. And so encryption at the end of the day provides um, a level of secrecy and control that no other system can provide, no other technology can provide. And technically, it's a way of pseudonymizing or anonymizing data so that uh, instead of it's Sally Smith's medical information, it's uh, number 733's information and no one knows it's Sally's. Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. sometimes we do need to, to view these records still. Um, but uh, it, it's a matter of being very particular, very controlled about who has access to view those records. And also to make sure that when somebody does view those records, that it's logged and tracked um, and, and logged and done so in a, in a verifiable way. Uh, and well, so once again, that's where cryptography comes in. Absolutely. But let's take a traditional database. I'm sure you work with many different companies, different developers with variety of companies. How trustworthy or risky are traditional databases that you see to data hacks and, and other leakage of sensitive personal information? Unfortunately, very. <laughs> um, this is uh, one of the, the big... Very trustworthy or risky? <laughs> very risky. Sorry, I should, very be, risky. should be clear. Yeah, They're very risky, yeah. yeah. This, this is one of the... Um, very poorly understood challenges in our industry um, and perhaps goes some way to, to explaining or understanding why we have so many data breaches. There was a, a, a paper published a few years ago, back in 2018, um, by some researchers at Cornell, led by uh, Paul Grubbs. And the, the paper was entitled, Why Your Encrypted Database is Not Secure. So that there's a there's that key word there encrypted. So we're even we're even including the ability to encrypt data in, in a in a database. And the team articulated about seven different areas that showed how vulnerable modern databases were to attack. Now the problem with modern databases is that they were never designed with security in mind. You know, the first databases were developed yeah. 40 years ago, you know, famously um you know, one of the open source databases, it's called PostgreSQL. It's been around for many years, powers half the internet. It was developed by, a, you know, a, an ACM Turing Award recipient, Michael Stonebreaker, uh, back in the 80s. Now, he was not thinking about some of the challenges that we we have today. And no, he was dealing with 1G, the first generation, uh, you know, right. where you didn't, where, you know, mobile, you just you're trying to get information to the cell tower. That was about it. Right, but exactly. now we're in, yeah. we're in a world of 5G. And so... Uh, yes. Is, is data security becoming more crucial than it used to be? I think it's, yes, I, I do. I think it's more crucial than ever. It is It is getting easier for, for those that are uh, building applications or are the custodians of data to do the right thing. But 
the rate of progress that the attackers are making and the amount of data that we're storing is increasing so rapidly that any progress we make on data security is is frankly not enough. So I think the fact that we are lagging behind the risks in some ways that, you know, in cybersecurity, we, we talk about blue team and red team. Blue team are the, the team that protect the systems, defense, mm-hmm. and the red team are the, are the attackers. The, the blue team is losing quite badly to the red team at the moment. Um, and I think because so much of more of our lives is led online and led through technology, now, the data security is more crucial than everything. Yeah, I'm getting more so with quantum computing coming. I mean, who knows what the, we'll need a 6G, won't we? But, but <laughs> uh, and 7 and 8, but it's sort of an arms race in the, in the technology field. So help us understand, the, the developers you're talking about, these could be IT systems, very good people that know what they're doing. Uh, they may not be programmers, but they understand technology. But why is it important for those people who are doing their best uh, within companies to you know be secure with the database, they have a good understanding of cryptography and the developments in what you do. I don't think they necessarily need to understand cryptography at a, at a uh, fundamental level, but I, I do think that it's important that folks understand the benefits and the power of cryptography. So like I mentioned or alluded to earlier, cryptography provides incredible secrecy, the most powerful kind of secrecy that you can you can get. And only somebody that has access to what we call an encryption key, is allowed to to decrypt and view those records. But it also provides this idea of authenticity. So we can prove mathematically, um, once again, using a key, that a record has not been tampered with. And so those two sort of basic capabilities are foundational in building a private and secure system. And so while you know, your average IT person doesn't need to understand the mathematics behind it or the or the the components of a of a cryptography system. They do need to understand why those two components are so important um, and how to apply them in their setting. I'm not sure how a computer works or how we're talking. I'm in Ohio and you're in Sydney, Australia, but I but I know how it works and I I, I know how to be worried if somebody else is eavesdropping on us. That's right. kind yeah. of the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, let's talk briefly, uh, uh, Dan, as we sort of head to home on this topic. Uh, Quantum computing. Some say that cryptography will become a relic and that quantum computing will be, uh, you know, the quantum computers will be able to break any system you have. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, What what, what does the advent of quantum computing do to the effectiveness of advanced cryptography? Um, Honestly, I'm not particularly concerned. Um, and there's two reasons why I'm cons- why I'm not concerned. Um, the the cryptographic systems that we have currently um, they fall into two broad categories. They fall into what's called public key cryptography and symmetric uh, encryption. Now, public key cryptography is uh, likely quite vulnerable to quantum computing. Um, there are some some well known algorithms that uh, that potentially could break public key cryptography. It is um, no one's been able to do it yet. Nobody's been able to provide a, 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 a stable enough quantum computer to be able to execute that. And I think we're probably 10 years away uh, from, or more potentially from being able to do that. Symmetric encryption theoretically may be crackable at some point in the future, but the the uh, it's much less clear if that's likely to be the case. So symmetric encryption is potentially safer for a while yet. However, even, even beyond that, 
The uh, uh, National Institute for Standards and Technology, NIST, they have a yes, bunch of standards NIST. for different. Um, yeah, they have a bunch of um, uh, cryptographic standards, and they've actually just released a new set of standards um, that are um, allegedly quantum safe. Now, this uses a whole different class of mathematics, um, which can't be uh, broken by these um, these algorithms. So that for, for any of your listeners that are particularly interested, the two algorithms that um, that qu- that are claimed to allow quantum computers to break existing cryptography are called Shor's algorithm and Grover's algorithm. Um, and no such algorithms have been discovered for these new classes of cryptography that NIST have, have just announced. So I think the bigger challenge is not necessarily that quantum computers will... Um, will destroy our encryption, destroy our cryptography. The bigger challenge is as these new standards are made available, the issue is to get everybody that's building cryptographic systems or implementing the right technology to upgrade and to make sure they're on the latest quantum safe technology. I see that as a much bigger challenge than uh, than quantum computers itself. But in some ways, you know, there may well be a time when, when you know, an IBM or a Google or someone, or maybe it's a Chinese university announces that, They've broken encryption using their their latest quantum computer. I think we'll have a, a Y2K situation. You know, the world will scramble and say, you know, we've got to we've got to upgrade our our cryptographic algorithms. There will no doubt be some some breaches during that that time if people are not swift enough to to act on the changes. But by and large, I don't think it's a major problem. I think we're still a long way away from that being the case. And and with a bit of luck, most systems will be upgraded to quantum safe encryption well before. The computers are capable of, of breaking anything. Yeah, we may see the rise of quantum defense uh, rather than just right. quantum attacks, and uh, and so the the race in technology to defend systems will it is already on, and it'll continue. But this is very reassuring. Without cryptography, I think we'd all be in deep trouble. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean the the most the most basic version of cryptography that we rely on in our modern lives is what's called um, TLS. It's called transport layer security. And it's this idea of applying encryption, uh, what engineers will sometimes call in transit. So right now you and I are talking across across the world um, and this, all of the, the packets, the bits and bytes that are traveling between you and I are, are encrypted. They're encrypted in transit using TLS. And that means that anybody that's uh, that has an interest in our conversation is unable to, to eavesdrop. Um, we use the same technology when we talk to our bank. We use the same technology when we we purchase a product from an online store. Uh, and without that encryption, um, it, it would be unsustainable. I don't think the internet would be anything like what it is today, and we wouldn't have this interconnectedness that we have. Well, Dan, thank you for being our tour guide here on the importance <laughs> of cryptography and how it too is evolving uh, in, in this space and the importance of Uh, any developer, any person running an IT system connecting with somebody like yourself to best protect a product. You you mentioned earlier that the the hacks aren't primarily from evil actors breaking in. They're from 80%, I'm told, generally uh, people that just make mistakes. They let somebody in the door and in they come and you wanna make sure that what somebody sees uh, isn't uh, giving away the store, giving away the secrets. Right, exactly. Yeah, and and even that you can break down into two main categories. There's simple, honest-to-God mistakes. They happen more than probably most people would care to admit, but they are unfortunately very, very common. We are humans after all. 
Um, there is a slightly more nefarious version of that, though, and that is when people are uh, socially engineered. This this idea of social engineering is is when an attacker doesn't attack a system; they essentially trick somebody. You know, it's like a good old fashioned grift. Spear pitching with the pH, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. Pretending. Um, so that happens. CEO a lot says, "Would you wire the money right now, please?" You know, <laughs> exactly. Yes, boss. Yeah. <laughs> Dan, thank you so much for being uh, my, my guest on this tour. And as always, I will remind us, protecting your personal data begins with you. <laughs>